This is a Mr. Thrive Media production. Hello, Thrivers! This interview with dear friend and photographer Vasi Bellacone is a particularly special episode. It's the only episode that was ever made as exclusive content and was also made in an experimental fashion. Now it's out publicly for your personal entertainment. I used to be a sound mixer for film and commercials. When linking up with Vasi, instead of meeting in a studio for recording, aka my bedroom at the time, we met at USC, where she studied. I mic'd her up, as well as myself, the way you would an actor, using hidden lavalier microphones while also sound mixing as if on a film set. We walked around a courtyard by a fountain on a football day at the nearby campus stadium. Beyond our conversation, you can hear nature, nearby fountains, planes flying overhead, and at times distant cheer from the game. You also hear the neat shutter sound her camera makes when it captures photos. You can find her photos both on her Instagram and on my socials, at Mr. Thrive Media, for Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Be sure to follow to stay up to date on content and events we offer. What this allowed for was the ability to be our most natural selves in a setting we're most accustomed to. Being able to walk around and socialize led for some great conversation that I'm excited to finally distribute publicly. What I'm most excited about with this episode is that it's a throwback to a time when social distancing wasn't a thing, when life was normal and we could walk freely amongst nature without wearing a mask. I miss that, and I hope you guys enjoy this journey with Vasi and I as we casually enjoy a nice day at USC. Enjoy the show. So with me today is Vasi Belakon, and she's an incredible director, but one of her fascinating talents that if you go on her Instagram and see what she's been up to, she does incredible abstract photography. Well, is that even the style that you would call it? What would you call it? I think it's different every time. It just depends like what tools I have to work with. Sure. Yeah, what light, what I'm feeling that day, what, what is the scenery. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't like go with it like I, I sometimes have a photo shoot in mind but it's usually like yeah what kind of setting I'm in and what, if there's a person next to me yeah because sometimes it's like oh there's a really pretty flower and I don't want to mess with it I don't want to like um, I don't want to zoom in I don't want to just play with exposure I just want to get like the flower how it is because it's so pretty within itself and then other times I have like a friend and I don't want to do like a basic portrait as people would do with a camera. So I just, yeah, I do crazy things. I like overexpose her face or like I bring it down the, I bring up or down the contrast and I distort her face, but like make something pretty out of it. That's, I mean, <laughs> well, so like the, I, I, I'm a sound guy, as you know. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm even dressed up right now in my, my sound mixing gear. It looks almost silly just walking around with no looks intimidating <laughs> does it really yeah oh i don't mean to be intimidating i'm sorry no, that's actually cool. funny though um mm -hmm. but i i don't really know anything about photography and part of this interview i kind of was hoping that you'd teach me along with anyone in the audience who was curious about it about photography um how to do it and even some things that people haven't considered yet on ways to play with the camera Okay, well, there's basically three main settings that you should know in photography. I'll explain them as basic as I can. Um, there is ISO. So ISO is, 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 is a button that every camera has. And basically, um, 
every setting plays around with light and so, so does this one and so you have to like fix the ISO um, when you're taking photos so if you're doing it um, where there's a lot of light you do it very low like 200, 100, 300 and when there's very little light you do it, you do it way higher but there is um, there's like grain in the image so you kind of have to like uh, figure out if you want that grain or not and then the second thing is the f-stop f-stop is depth, depth of field so for example if you see that rock if I get close to it right now and my and my f-stop is at like four everything in the background will be out of focus but if my f-stop is at like 32 both the rock and what's what's um, what comes after in the background it will be in focus so you kind of have to like make a creative decision if you just want to focus on the subject or what's on behind and like surrounding it. I tend to like use the, the 4.0 um, f-stop just because just because I like to wash out everything in the background usually but it depends like on the image and then there's the shutter speed and the shutter speed I play with it a lot it's like so the camera it has like it's like a window that opens and closes so shutter speed identifies like how fast or uh, or slow you want the shutter speed to close so if it's fast I will get very little light but if it's slow like if the window opens the light comes in and it closes and there's like a um, couple of like fraction of seconds you will get like a lot of movement which is cool because you can play with it like if you set it on a tripod and you um, make and if you make the shutter speed long you can like go in front of the camera and dance around and then you'll see like me moving and it'll be really pretty and I have like a bunch of photos like that so it's it's a lot of fun to play with that I I, <laughs> I think that's I think it's just it's it's neat and also it's I bet it's kind of daunting if you're a beginner kind of approaching camera with the knowledge of those three settings that you just described yeah the thing is a lot of cameras um, they like give you shutter speed priority or or shutter speed priority or f-stop priority so one setting can be one setting can be automatic and you can play like with another setting which is really helpful because you just get a feel for one of the settings only and honestly like you don't have to like know the settings to um, to be a good photographer like you could honestly shoot a manual you just yeah you just have to be like in cool places and um, do things that are unusual or start with the usual and then do the unusual. You just I, have to play around. At what point do you know it's time to <laughs> It's time to play with the settings. It's time to play and... Um, I think when you get bored, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you when you have a... Yeah, I just think you have to like go step by step. Yeah, the ISO is like the most basic one. Sure. Yeah, and then the rest are, can, can be complicated. But honestly, it, it's, it's like Photoshop. Like it's and avid it's daunting at first but if you just like sit and play around with it you get a hang of it i bet i bet yeah. when did you first pick up a camera um um like an actual dslr eighth grade yeah um yeah it was eighth grade it was a small canon i don't remember the model um camera and i had like a few like photography individual lessons just for shits and giggles sure <laughs> yeah and yeah i had the exact same thought at first like oh this is so daunting like and my my like my 13 year old mind thought like in order to be a good photographer you have to know every single setting so you can control it and get the image that you want 
but at the end of the day, it's just it's just what, what you frame and like yes, yeah, settings are important, but like to a certain extent, and not all of them. Like in this camera, there's like there's maybe maybe like a sixth of the buttons that I use, and there's a lot that I still don't know that I still don't even know that I'm still learning. Ooh, squirrel. Yeah, this is a very brave squirrel. Squirrel. We're, so <laughs> we're not in a studio right now. We're actually just kind of walking around a park. And it's kind of nice. It's very relaxing. But yeah. uh, in doing so, uh, we're seeing these squirrels who are, they must be like pretty close to domesticated at this point, being around so many yeah, students. Yeah, they're always around people. Because so. we're at USC right now. We're kind of, uh, we're, near, we're right in front of Bing Theater. Looks like uh, the music complex, the John Williams scoring stage over there. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of in this middle of this nice little park here. It's just nice, it's peaceful. And uh, the animals are very brave here. <laughs> yeah. Good surroundings to take photos in. Sure. Yeah. How have you used your photography uh, to help with you with your directing? Um, well, I guess it always helps like framing a shot because you kind of, yeah, because before you take a photo, you kind of have to envision how the outcome will look or what you're going for. Well, not always, you can just try things, but especially with street photography like when you're going in for a shot you you have a specific image in mind even if it's not what the outcome is so so framing wise when you're directing I guess it's easier because um, you're more conscious of the light you're more conscious of the blocking like you wouldn't want someone to be like halfway in the frame unless like the story intends to so I just I don't think it's a necessary but it definitely makes you more conscious of of framing and of cinematography when when you're shooting a film sure. yeah it's like yeah, it's like if you're an actor and you're um and you're directing a movie like you're more conscious about the actors and the acting so it's just like a good muscle to develop sure yeah. how do you balance that out between uh focusing on the acting of the actors and the camera telling the story uh i think I think it's, well, for me right now, it's hard to distinguish, like, if an actor is really good or or not. So I hope for the, well, no, I, I obviously try to direct them, but I would definitely say that, like, my eyes more developed for, like, a cinematography when, I, when, yeah, when I'm directing because, um, yeah, acting is hard because I haven't, like, yeah, I've done theater when I was little, but, like, I, I, I would have to take acting classes to feel like um, directing actors as much as I do when I'm like directing cinematographers. Sure. Yeah. I, I get sense. that. It's funny. I'm looking at that that guy behind us right now. Before we actually <laughs> hit the record button, you mentioned something about like your one of your things is that you like to take photos of strangers. And yeah. I, I have experience <laughs> in it too. Because mm -hmm. um, you can get beautiful photography of strangers when they don't even realize that they're being majestic. Yeah, and that's what's so beautiful. It's like you're yeah. capturing them in a specific moment of time. No, definitely. There was this one moment for me. Mm -hmm. It was really magical. I was in uh, Scotland. I was yeah. traveling Europe. It was right after I graduated college. I was with my aunt, mm -hmm. and um, I had a fever that day. Oh. And we were walking around uh, Edinburgh, the capital. And while walking around there, uh, we at one point stopped to get like water, and my aunt said she would get some water for me. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I'm like kind of walking around and this city that's known for its literature is kind of riddled with text all over the walls yeah. of different, you know, artistic pieces. So 
I see this girl sitting in front of a sign. Mm-hmm. Or like a, it's a wall that has uh, a sign on it, and mm-hmm. the the sign is a quote from the character Don Quixote. This Do- famous Don Quixote. Yeah, Don yeah. Quixote. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Spanish novel. Yes, and um, <clears throat> uh, the quote said something along the lines of, "I shall tear up the trees. I shall uh, destroy the rocks. I shall." move entire mountains and I'll do it all for love. Oh, yeah. You know, it's this very romantic quote. But there's this woman sitting in front of it and I loved the way that she looked because she was just minding her own business mm-hmm. sitting with her legs crossed mm-hmm. kind of nonchalantly. And what I ended up doing... Taking a photo? I took the photo and I felt kind of bad so I walked up to her. Mm-hmm. I walked up to this random woman and I said... Hi, uh, sorry to bother you. I'm a tourist, and I'm from America, and um, yeah. I, I wanted to show you this beautiful photo I took of you. Do you mind if I keep it? And she looked at it and she says, oh, uh, I don't care. Yeah, go ahead, keep it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that is the best reaction. And then and then it's kind of a little bit awkward and quiet, and I said, so what's your name? And she says, I'm Eleanor. I'm like, hi, I'm Chaz. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, and Eleanor goes on to tell me about where she's from, and you know, what she does for a living, and we're, it's just a nice conversation with a stranger. Yeah. And then I said, so how are you today? And she yeah. says, I'm actually pretty amazing right now. Oh, and she I said, she says, I asked her, uh, why is that? Yeah. And she said, I think the quote behind me kind of sums it up. And I <laughs> looked at the quote, and I looked back at her, and I was like, are you in love? And she says, yeah, I think I am. Oh my God, that's like straight out of a movie. I know, and I was like, oh my God. This is such a nice little like random interaction. Like, just made it especially magical being that it was in Europe, like on my Europe trip, you know? It's what happens when you come to Europe. Yeah, <laughs> you just, you know, but she just seemed like such a sweet person and that was like such a nice interaction with a stranger. One of my best interactions for that matter. So, I love it. What yeah. a beautiful story. Do you have the photo? I do, yeah. If you go on my, if you go on Facebook and you go through like my cover photos, yeah. um, you'll eventually find the Don Quixote quote with the girl sitting in front of it. Oh, I would, I'll definitely Yeah, look. check that out. I'll actually put that photo as well uh, in uh, the post showing the photos that Vasi took today. Amazing, yeah. Um, but yeah. No, oh, that's beautiful. It really is a nice day though today. It's so much better than, I mean, did, were you getting the air pollution when the fires were happening? Oh no, we're pretty far from it. Yeah, yeah. I would think you're pretty unscathed. It was disgusting. I, I woke up a couple days ago and I started coughing. Oh. Not like in my house, but like as soon as I walked outside, just disgusting air quality. The yeah, fires it's so, so it's so sad. I thought it would be over. Yeah, it's it's pretty much over. Like I'm no, not... I mean like it like it like it happened last year. I thought like it would be over from then. Oh no no, there's <laughs> at least once once a year. It's, That's so sad. It's in California. It's practically a season. The fire season. Fire season. Yeah. Instead of the rain season. Yeah. Fire season. But I'm looking forward to winter. Oh. Is photography good in the winter? Depends where you are. I never actually shot in snow. Yeah. Oh, I should do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely should do that. Um, it's cold, but yeah, when it's street photography, it's like it's kind of nice seeing like people like wearing like different layers and how they look in different layers. Sure. Yeah. Do you have a favorite setting you like to take photos in? Hmm. Well, um, if it's street photography, probably like a town square because there's a lot of people. And then I really like taking it at my house because I usually just like have like friends over and 
I tell them to do crazy things like put like paint on their faces and just <laughs> yeah and I can have them there forever because they're like staying for, to, like to sleep over so they can't leave <laughs> so yeah so I just I take a lot of photos with them and just hopefully something cool comes comes out I also really like bathtub photos it just like something like with girls and like water just like washing over their face is so beautiful sure. yeah just just water in general is, is really fun to play around with when you're taking photos if yeah. you guys want to see what Vasi's been up to with her <laughs> photography, it's uh, Shot by Vasi. Yes, exactly. At Shot by Vasi on Instagram. Go ahead and check it out. It's very interesting art that she has produced through her, through her camera. What kind of camera are you using? I'm using Sony 7SII. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. The battery life is not good. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, I actually... I actually shot a short film on it, so it's it's good for video too, not only photography. It's um, great. Yeah, and it has like a nice lens that it comes with. Is there an external battery uh, input that you can? Um, I've it never did it, but people told me there is, so probably. Yeah, but if you just buy a bunch of battery packs, you should be fine. Yeah. But it's definitely easy to use, and I really like it. I got it for my birthday, I think. Yeah, I've been using it ever since. It's really. Cool. That's awesome. That's really mm -hmm. great. Definitely. Do you have any projects coming up in the near future? Yeah, I'll be hopefully directing a film if everything works out in January. It's called Sissy. Sissy. Yeah, shameless self promo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get the I'll get the Seed and Spark page running pretty soon, maybe this week. So maybe it'll be on my Instagram when this comes out. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. And yeah, in the promo video, I basically talk about like what the project is and like how people can help if they're interested. Sure, you're crowdfunding it. Yeah, I'm crowdfunding it. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, well, that's great. Yeah, that's what you have to do when you're a student and you want to make art. Oh yeah, that's what I did for my thesis. I, I get it. If, mm -hmm. if you guys want to support Vasi, uh, stay tuned. Follow her Instagram, Shot by Vasi on Instagram, and. Stay tuned, she'll be posting the link in her description, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty place. I wish there would be more flowers. Oh, look at that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, one of my favorite shots that I've ever taken was this um, girl in Prague, and she just slipped, and like when she was getting up, her mom was kind of like holding her up, because they were, they were like um, blowing balloons. Uh, there was a guy like blowing balloons just for kids and for tips. And this girl like slipped because there was water on the floor. Oh and, no. Yeah, and the moment her mom picked her up, she stopped crying, like she was crying so much. And then her mom picked her up and she stopped in that second. And I just got a beautiful shot of her. It's in black and white, so. Strangers can do wonders. And just like that guy just like stretching there. It just reminds me like it's, it's so interesting to oh, just yeah. observe humans. And, Candidly take photos of the them. way they move and the, the way that we almost can distort our bodies even though we're not, you know. Yeah. Kind of capturing that for that moment. Yeah, just them being in their own element. But the timing is everything too, isn't it? It really is. You just, yeah, I just feel like with lots of arts and photography, you just you have to get lucky sometimes. Yeah, I honestly like I honestly don't think of it as like a skill. Well, okay, it is a skill, but for, like in my mind, it's more of like you just have to do a lot until you get lucky and like you get a shot. Especially with street photography, like not not photography in general, but like street photography, you just have to go out there and like for maybe honestly for like an hour of shooting, you'll have one photo, and like that is good. 
so. in that hour of shooting, how many stills do you go through? It can be hundreds, it can be like 200, but but it just, it's not immediate. You just have to be patient, yeah, you just have to be patient and you have to like keep taking and eventually you'll get lucky and you'll get the shot. I find the most picky people mm -hmm. in the industry to be photographers and editors. And I <laughs> yeah. have so much admiration for that because it, I think as, for me as a fellow director, I, yeah. I think to myself like, I really need to be more picky myself. Like, and it, it encourages me to be more picky when I'm directing something, you know? Definitely, I just, yeah, for, I mean, for editing and for photography, I just think you can play with the image almost infinitely, quote unquote, because like you have so much time to modify it. So if you are really passionate about it, I just think you want to modify it until it's as, it's as, it's as perfect as it can be. So. It kind of makes sense, yeah, sure. and I also respect that. Is there a style or a technique that mm -hmm. you really want to try that you haven't done yet? Um, not not specifically, not not that I want to try, but I can tell you about one that I recently has tried, which has worked out pretty cool for me. What was that? Um, so yeah, so I had like the tripod on, I, I had the camera on a tripod and I, I did the long shutter speed so a lot of light could come in so if anyone was moving like I could you know capture that movement and I got like my friends who, who are a couple and I just had them like kissing and hugging and I would like be playing with the zoom like zooming in and zooming out while it was on the tripod so I would get like like an image like did you, I don't want to use this example because it like takes away from um, the uh, like the aesthetics of photography but like you know those memes where it's like a, a zoom in on someone okay that but like a, a more artistic version yeah, yeah. that's so, great yeah so I managed yeah I managed to get that which was really pretty of them and yeah and I had a blue light going on for it and it's something that I've been wanting to try with a couple for a while just like two bodies and just like being next to each other have and you have you released that yet That's yeah yeah it's yeah I got it was a successful release it got a lot of likes cool. <laughs> compared to the others um, yeah it's on my Instagram but like it, it pretty it stands out it's like two blue posts but I think it's really pretty yeah, and then, and yeah, it was also like a nude photo shoot, which also I have been wanting to do forever because I just think bodies are really pretty. Was that a new thing for you, a nude photo Yeah, shoot? definitely, and you just have to like ride the, you have to find the right kind of people who would be willing to do that because you don't want to just have anyone who would do it, but they're uncomfortable with it. Right. So. Yeah, how'd that conversation go, exactly? It's just, those friends were like crazy, like they don't mind doing anything, like, I just had to ask them, they're like, oh, like, yeah, sure. It's just, it's it's the kind of people, and you want to find those people, because sure. if not, it won't, like, it won't be fun for them, it won't be fun for you. They, but they can't be like, oh, okay, like, um, yeah, I'll do a nude, but like, if like, um, but they, they can't have restrictions, that's the thing. Um, because if they do, like, because like the girl was completely topless and she wasn't and like the photo shoot like I didn't show her breast but they were like kind of covered but in some photos like you could see them but if she would be always conscious about like okay this is new but I don't want to like show my breast it like it wouldn't be fun because she would always be like thinking about that but right. she was like oh, I don't care I don't care and I got like some cool shots of like her chest that I didn't even want but yeah you just have to like it, it's like with actors honestly you have to be with people who don't mind just well, with actors, I think it's like being goofy or yeah. um, looking weird. It just like 
feel like um, models and actors, they just have to be free and don't care about shame. The confidence of the subject has to match the confidence of the photographer. Exactly. And sometimes, like, I'm scared as a director, well, not as much as a photographer, but as a director, like, what I'm doing. So I don't want to be an I don't want to have an actor who's scared of me. Like, yeah, if anything, I want, like, that encouragement of, like, you can do whatever with me. Like, oh, yeah, let's try this. Let's try that. It just, like, encourages me to, like, creatively, like, push boundaries. And it's cool. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, I've, I've always admired your work, and, and oh, I, I just you. hope to keep seeing what you do, and I, I really hope that Sissy, uh, <laughs> you know, gets the success it deserves, you know? That's I just hope neat. so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about the process at the end of the day. I don't think, like, we're doing it because of the outcome. Like, even if the photography is about the outcome, it's, it's like what you remember is when you were taking that shot and like how surprised you were and like how you figured like a setting out that you didn't. So it's all about the process. And I think like you should focus on that more than, oh, I hope this does well or. Right. Yeah. More than the, the, the hypothetical result. Exactly. Yeah. Which is hard because, you know, you're sometimes you put so much work in, you want it to turn out good. But I feel like if you go into it, thinking about the process more than the outcome yeah you'll have fun even if it's even if it's bad whatever you're doing sure sure that's great Mm -hmm. oh this is so pretty you're from spain from what i remember right yeah i'm from i'm originally russian but i grew up in spain gotcha yeah and then how'd you come to america or when did you come to just to just for you well to usc Okay. Yeah, for college. Did you already speak right. English before that? Yeah, because I went to an American school. Okay. Yeah, so it was it was an easier transition for sure. That's quite the blend of culture. Yeah, honestly, I really, really like it. And mo- most of my friends back in Spain so- somehow <laughs> ended up being Latin American. So <laughs> there's I, I, like, I'm familiar with a bunch of cultures, which, which I love. Sure. Did you have a favorite place to kind of live? Yeah, definitely Madrid. It's, it's such a good city just for like being a teenager because there's a lot of opportunities to go out, but at the same time it's not dangerous and, and it's also like very culturally rich as well. I got that sense when I was there myself. Oh, you went there? That's awesome. That was, uh, I think, about two weeks after I was in Scotland, actually. Oh, okay. That was when I was in Madrid, yeah. Yeah. Did you do anything fun? Well, funny enough, when, when we first landed in Madrid, we kind of had a... a we had a whole uh, series of issues going from Lisbon to Madrid. Yeah. So uh, we had to take the only flight available was a business class flight. So for the first time in my life, I actually was sitting oh in what basically God, was first nice. class, but it wasn't by choice. It was like <laughs> we had to get there by a certain day in order to make our reservation for the for the Airbnb we had. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's another thing as well, is that Airbnb is now cheaper than hostels, which is so crazy to me. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's or, insane. Or at least they have more freedom to, to raise and lower the margins, and you, it's a lot easier to find a cheaper Airbnb than it is uh, a, che- a cheaper hostel. Like yeah, that. that's actually true, especially if, like, if, you, if you don't care where you're staying, if right. you're like, fine with the room, but and, we, like strangers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But we, we, we landed in Madrid, and our hotel was a ways away, so we got a, we got a, we got a taxi. Mm-hmm. And we all got in, and we're driving to our hotel, and the taxi driver got us about a quarter of a mile away. Yeah. And he said, "Sorry, guys, I can't take you any farther." And oh my like, god. We're like, "Why?" He says, "Well, there's a party up ahead." We didn't know what party he's talking about. <laughs> we all get out of our car with our huge travel backpacks. Yeah. And we start walking towards the direction of our hotel, mm-hmm. and we see like it is a massive party. It's like taking up the city square. 
and we're like, what's going on? And we realized. What we, day was this? It was, well, that's the thing. Oh. It was Pride. Oh, nice. It was Pride in Madrid, nice. which is the largest Pride in the world. Yeah, yeah, so, that's and, so awesome. And I was like, oh my God, we landed on Pride. And yeah. we're, here, here we are, these backpackers around all these partiers who are, you know, dressed all cool and mm -hmm. neon colors and mm -hmm. rainbow colors. And there we are like, oh, hey, we're just travelers. <laughs> Uh, with our backpacks. Oh my gosh. And then we tried going down the street where our hotel was. Like we, It was killer because we could literally see where our hotel from the street. But, but there you were, couldn't get through. There were security checkpoints and the security oh. guards were like, you have, to, you have to go around. And we didn't speak Spanish. They didn't speak English. No. So there was this huge la la yeah. language barrier. We would ask them, how do we get there? And every single time we'd go to this one particular one, they would say, left at McDonald's. So we kept on going left at McDonald's for at least two hours, going in circles. Oh my god. It was a nightmare. And uh, lo and behold, two hours later, the, I think the same security guard eventually saw our, our struggle. Yeah. And they said, all right, you guys can go ahead. <laughs> so, oh my god. So they led us through this they one took checkpoint mercy on you. that we at least passed by eight times. And <laughs> like that night, we were so gross and sweaty and exhausted that we just collapsed in our bed. We were like, nope, good night. Oh, I, you didn't even go to Pride. I didn't even get to enjoy Pride. The next morning, Pride was done. It was done. Yeah, it was, it's, it was, it's a one-day thing. It's I a one-day thing, and they party it up, and I really wish I could have experienced it. Well, you know, you have a lot of years of your life to go. Yeah, I will say, come back. I did like a, like as much dancing as I could with a backpack on at some points. <laughs> it, it was like a 50 pound backpack. And imagine trying to dance with a 50 pound backpack. It's and, a great workout. <laughs> yeah, it's a great workout. It makes your back, you know, age a few years. It's great. Age a few years. Ooh, look at those red chairs. Those are really cool. Yeah. That's a nice contrast. They're like out of nowhere. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's not street photography and you're just walking around somewhere, it's like it's really nice to see things that like kind of stand out of the setting. That's also like very interesting. Sure. I just like how, how vibrant that red is. I know. It looks like it was freshly painted. Yeah, I don't think these were here before. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, I bet you could get some really cool photos of Pride. I, oh, my next photography photo shoot idea. I have hell to yeah. get a prize. With all the beautiful colors and the people just happy and dancing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. All, the, all the, the timing of people's body movements at that, mm -hmm. at that event. Exactly. It's a great event to take photography at, I'm sure. Yep, I have to go now. So pretty. I've always wanted to play with uh, shift, tilt, focus lenses. Uh, shift, tilt, what, what do you mean? There's a special type of lens called yeah. shift tilt focus. And when it's adjusted in a certain way mm -hmm. and the photo is taken, um, it makes everything look like a toy because of the wow. depth of field is uh, manipulated that much. And uh -huh. if you look at the lenses, they're, they're like nothing you've ever seen. They actually zigzag mechanically in pattern. And I'm sure they're very expensive lenses, but it's um, really neat. Is it, is it like, okay, so if there is this leave right here, okay. would the shot be like from here and then everything is like out of focus and this is like appear to be like smaller? I believe so, yes. Oh, I saw like a similar thing on iPhone 11. Uh, really? On iPhone 11? Yeah, like on someone's Instagram that they took with iPhone 11. I see. It might be that. But wow, that's awesome. It is really awesome. Yeah. Um, like, it, it, like I've seen like landscape photos of cities and when they take the photo, 
it almost, it really does make everything look like it was built by like a bunch of uh, like 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 a like a toy maker, like a, like a, like a model. I would I would love to see those. Like, have you ever yeah. seen one like one of those like train like miniature train sets for like yeah like one of those midlife crisis hobbies? <laughs> like yeah. that's what it makes. Good observation. It's what it's what it makes the uh, like a whole entire city looks like look like. It's so neat. That that's crazy that a lens can do that. It really is. Yeah. I, I will say, in terms of like the comparison from sound to cameras, that mm-hmm. you know, both can definitely drive a story in a certain direction. Yeah. But the camera really does uh, add an element and experiment with with in ways that it doesn't have that same effect with with people the way that sound does. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I, I've had so much appreciation for it. Yeah, because the visual things are like the the first thing that like comes to. Oh yeah. Comes to the eye. Absolutely. Ooh, another red chair. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad. Like it's something that I I care for and that I'm interested in because it definitely helps directing wise. How does USC kind of inspire some of this um, this appreciation? Um, well, because okay, so I'm in cinema media studies, so we watch a lot of films um so yeah that's my major basically so it's really cool because i mean you can watch a movie and and enjoy it but they really force us to like analyze it and think deeper about it and what i really really appreciate is that they like make us put the movie in the cultural context that it was in and that says something about the culture that uh, that movie was released in, and you can compare it to today, and how that was similar, or how that like had an effect or an impact, an impact on us today, or how it didn't. So yeah, it just it really makes you, it makes you like make a link between the movie and the world. Sure. And it's yeah, and the world's effect on the movie, or vice versa, which is something that you don't really think about after you watch a movie normally. So they kind of like um, guide us to, towards thinking about that. I think the best yeah. movies are the ones that make you feel like a student. <laughs> yeah. Like in the way that they're so good. Right. And it's kind of funny. It's it's really relevant. Um, I just watched uh, the Joker movie. Oh, I've been meaning to out. see that. Yeah. And it's really disturbing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you. it's cinematically gorgeous. I saw it with, um, with my friends in 35mm the other night. Yeah. And seeing the film grain help the colors pop out and... and how the textures really get emphasized was just really nice. Mm-hmm. It was just really nice, pl- pleasantly nice to watch. I heard it was shot on film. It was shot on film. That's I, that's, I respect that so much. It's yeah. really hard. It's kind of a lost art form, isn't it, these days? Yeah, it's just digital is more simple. And the thing is, like, you can modify the image how you want, like, in post. Right. So. So yeah, you just kind of have to like bend your back and the re- I don't think the reward is that big if you shoot it on film because like maybe cinephiles will appreciate it, but the general public will be like, oh, okay, dope. Like nobody would really mind if it's digital or film. Right. But it's cool that there are f- filmmakers that still care about that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I've been meaning to see that. Earlier you were talking about uh, body movement. And mm-hmm. We kind of talked about that timing. Yeah. And there's a certain thing with the Joker, I'm not gonna ruin anything, but body movement becomes kind of a big deal in the development of the main character. Yeah. And I'm not gonna say anything else. It's just beautiful the way they did it, and it's very artistic, and it still belongs 
in the in the movie mm-hmm. diegetically. Mm-hmm. I think that's just really well thought out. No, that's that's amazing. I'm definitely excited to see it. But yeah, I I can imagine how hard it must be for a fucking Phoenix to like play an insane person. I mean, oh my I, God. I, I just that's incredible. Like, how do you put your mind into doing I, something that like that? And you see how skinny he gets. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, he, he's a method actor. And you see how skinny he got for that movie. It's like sickly, Holocaust survivor-looking skinny. It's disgusting. And it adds to the character so well. Um, yeah. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, I really respect that because I feel like when you see a huge weight, weight, weight shift in, in a person or an actor, it's just so eerie, like... It just like strokes a chord in you, so. Sure. The yeah. one, the one weight shift that mm-hmm. will always be the most surprising to me in, in film is Anne Hathaway and Les Mis. I, I knew you would say something from Les Mis. Well, like, cause like yeah. she, she's already skinny to begin with. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think that she would need to lose more weight, but she, she went for that sickly skinny look as well. Yeah. Added to her character, she won Best Actress, didn't she? I'm pretty sure. She, it, she or she should have. <laughs> no, I mean she should have. I know she was at least nominated. Yeah. Remarkable performance. It really was. So much dedication that you just got to tip your hat to. Definitely. Just beautiful. Yeah, I wonder if like it's easy for them to recover <laughs> from that. Have you ever had um, a really stressful or difficult situation happen to you while doing photography? Um, not photography, but I recently DP'd on a movie, so I did cinematography, and this, that was so complicated. One of the most complicated things was like that. Um, I guess like the focal, the the focus um, pullers, they they don't like DSLRs, so it wouldn't like attach properly to the lens, and yeah, there was there was a lot of trouble with that because I couldn't like f- um, pull focus. But I I just think the most frustrating thing is when the equipment malfunctions because with photography, like. The, it's there aren't really stressful situation because you you have time unless your model's a dick you shouldn't be having like a model that model in the first place if they're so terrible but in cinematography oh my god like if an equipment malfunctions you can't get the shot and then like the director like will be frustrated because other people depend on you so right I just think the most frustrating thing is like having other people depend on you and like there being something that's out of your control. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that's what that's <laughs> the summary of sound right there. <laughs> I'm trying to give yeah. you good audio, but there's a biplane flying overhead every five minutes, which is what we've been dealing with as during this interview. Um, you, know, you know you said this is an experimental it interview. Is, maybe it is an it experimental <laughs> interview. So it's maybe just ads. <laughs> it's been no, it's been very nice. I I'm I'm actually really pleasantly surprised at how this has been going. It's it's been nice. The biplane adds an effect for sure, but you know, <laughs> different. Yeah. This is a really neat pool. Is there a story behind this or no? Not that I know, but look at that cone. That's so awesome. Yeah. So, I almost want to go in there and save the cone. <laughs> Heroic. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, no problem. Um, I was going to say that, like, there's this. Oh, something I haven't tried that I really want to. There's this really cool effect that if you are in a river or like next to a body of water that is just like flowing that there's movement you can place your tripod like next to it and play with the settings and make the water seem like just just like not how the water is but like silky and smooth 
Oh. Um, yeah, because you're, yeah, so it'll be like a shutter speed setting, so you'll be letting a lot of light in, and then, yeah, the water just won't, wouldn't seem like water. And this fountain reminded me that I definitely want to do that soon. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, it's also like, because, yeah, I found, I found this out from like a Flickr, which is like the social media for photographers. So don't fall in it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's really it's really fun too looking at other people's photography and the techniques that they use and not stealing it but just like getting an inspiration because you can't like you can't really steal it like exactly how they did it, but even if you do something very close, you can get a similar effect. Is there a photographer that you are kind of drawn to? Not really, but but uh, there's a story like of a photographer that like fascinated me. I can tell it to you. Please so, do. There was this French lady, and don't remember the name, don't remember the year, but maybe uh, somewhere in the 70s, 60s, I don't remember, when black and white photography was only a thing. So she um, hired a stalker to stalk her, and she would take photos, and she would make the stalker take photos of her. And then she told a friend, I think there's someone stalking me. Can you like go look, and if they're stalking me, take photos of them? And there might have been also a detective. It was a friend or a detective or also a friend and a detective. Oh my God. So she had this like very interesting like um, series of photographer, of, photo of, of photos of like people watching other people. It was really interesting. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you, you can do crazy things and it's also nice like when, a, when there's a story behind it. And that's really neat. I love mm -hmm. that. I actually really like that approach to photography. Wow. Yeah, me too. Me too, me too. Yeah, that cone looks really sad in there. <laughs> it does. It looks like it. It looks like it got abandoned by its mama and papa co uh, cone. Yeah, I wonder what is the story behind that. What's the story? <laughs> Man, that poor cone. I feel bad for it. You have your skateboard right there. Have you ever actually like done any like motion photography on a skateboard? No, but that's also a good idea. I'm getting a lot of ideas well, here. This is just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but motion photography is really cool. Yeah, I could do something like that. Naivete is in any art form, I think, is actually a lot more precious than people give it credit for because they, because they don't know yeah. and they don't have the training or the experience that you have. Mm -hmm. They think outside the box. So oh, definitely. Like I, like I had the skateboard idea, but I bet if someone who didn't know much about sound came to work with me, I'd try to learn a few things from them. Yeah, because yeah, because you're so used to like the the practices and the rules, right. and I, then someone is just like, "Hey, why don't we do this?" Right. Like I had a I had a teacher mm -hmm. in in college, you know, who taught me sound, Dan Olmsted, great guy. Mm -hmm. But you know, and then I but then I I also I know this guy uh, named Cody, yeah, who, who didn't go to film school, yeah, and the way he got into film was uh, he started playing with a simple recorder from his dad because his dad was a journalist, so he got his recorder and started playing with it. Yeah. And then after he kind of was obsessed with that, he kind of upgraded to the next thing and kept keep on upgrading to bigger and bigger technology. Mm -hmm. Messed with amplifiers, became an audiophile. Mm -hmm. Just kept on purposely fucking up and messing with it, you know? Yeah. Until he got there. So I actually feel like, even though I went to film school, mm -hmm. he probably knows more about audio than I do because he took the time all throughout his life to, to play with things that I would never think to play with, you know? Oh, very interesting. Well, yeah, I just, I think like all equipment that is involved in film, it's a lot of like playing around, especially technical things. Oh yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah, but 
you should learn some things from him too. But again, also like if you didn't go to film school, maybe there are some things that you know that are like very basic and necessary to know that maybe he doesn't. Sure. So it's checks and balances, I think. It is. Vasi, if uh, someone on the other end listening to this podcast right now <laughs> wanted to contact you to work with you, to commission you, etc., what's the best way to contact you? Just send me a DM on my Instagram. I'll, I check them regularly. Shop by Vasi on Shop Instagram. Shop by Vasi, yep. That information will be displayed in the description below. Mm-hmm. And finally, Vasi, to put you on the spot like I do everybody on the podcast, oh. what will you be famous for? Oh. Um... I feel like I come up with crazy ideas that are like very out there that I don't think other people really think about. So hopefully one day I think about some crazy movie show idea that um, people will watch and be like, wow, this is dope. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I think like just just some crazy film or show. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, Vasi, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. and uh, Thank you for having me. Hope to keep seeing what you do. Thanks so much. Thank you. If you've listened this far into the episode, it must mean you're a thriver. A great way to support my show is to follow my socials. You can follow my Instagram, at Mr. Thrive, like the Facebook page, Mr. Thrive Media, and be sure to check out my website at www.mrthrive.com to learn more about the Thriver experience. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.